Let's get ready to grumble! Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the Royal Grumble. I am your host, Graham, and sitting directly opposite me, it is Dan. Hi. How are you? Not bad. Good. Just been talking about Albert Finney. Albert Finney. We got over the excitement of the week, all yeah. the excitement that followed. Like We we tried to find the old 24-7 title, didn't we? But it turned out since we created it, we're not allowed to win it. So that's the... I say we yeah. created it, really. I mean, you created it in a way. Daryl will say he did, but... And for the reasons Daryl isn't on the show, it's probably best that we don't try and assault a black guy in the street. So what you've done there is you've <laughs> said that out loud? Wow. I started down that road and yeah, thought, oh, I, like I realised halfway through, like, there's no good way out of this joke. I, I was sitting here watching that happen in your yeah. head. <laughs> it, it was the same look as the other week when uh, we talked about Kendo Nagasaki. And I started saying the thing about how um, he probably felt an affinity with the Lee Ribby Foundation because he was upset that someone had used a sword in that way, something that was part of his character. So that's oh, why yeah. he was supporting them. Yep. And when I was on my way to that, Daryl thought I was going to say something way worse. <sighs> and I was told by a uh, listener of the show, one of our friends, Scott, like he, he actually came up to me at the Breed show we went to and said, I, I was so worried when you started saying that. <laughs> I didn't know where it was going. <laughs> and with good cause. Absolutely yeah. right. Right. So um, this week marks uh, 20 years uh, since the the death of Owen Hart. Isn't it? Um, there's been a lot of sort of media talk about the fact that it's been 20 years since Owen Hart died. And as, you know, a long-time family, uh, f- fan of the Hart family, the, the Hart Foundation... And amongst other things, I know in Hart himself, um, we thought we'd just take a little bit of time, Dan, to allow you to talk a little bit about Owen Hart, and I'll sort of contribute where I can, um, and uh, what he sort of meant to you and what your sort of feelings are just generally talking about Owen Hart a little bit, really, aren't we? Yeah, so uh, I started watching... In... Best known, of course, as Cowboy Owen Hart from the uh, <laughs> from the World of Sport episode, the first ever programme that was on the wrestling channel. <laughs> Seriously, that episode of World of Sport is the first ever programme that was on the wrestling channel. So I started watching wrestling in 1993. Uh, I've told the story on here before about watching WrestleMania 9, Mm -hmm. uh, seeing Bret Hart and thinking, you know, there's a guy who's not an over-the-top character and, like, I wasn't... I was a shy kid. And seeing him thinking, oh, you know, he's my guy. And then seeing that big orange moron come out and, you know, all that stuff. See, for those of you who don't know, the the Honey Monster actually became the the WWF champion at WrestleMania 9. Uh, I difference is I, I have a photo with the honey monster and i'd be happy to post it nowadays whereas if i had a photo of hulk hogan i don't think i've had the photo <laughs> no i don't think you would still have that photo would you nah no. I, i'm not like daryl who were uh, when a certain wrestler who we've referred to as a murderer on here several times died is that still his profile picture no he changed he has changed it hasn't he? yes he has changed yeah he has it, changed yes. it yeah uh daryl <laughs> It's only the second worst thing I've said about him. It's the only factual yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty impressive. We've been recording for maybe four minutes, and there's <laughs> been some... You've thrown some out there already, haven't you? Wow. <laughs> Daryl's been really lovely this week as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done. You've, and you turned your back on that. Well, uh, anyway, so yeah... Um, you're a good friend. <laughs> I am. So, while Bret Hart was 
he started feuding with Jerry Lawler and everything. Owen Hart was a complete undercard guy. He was teaming with Coco Beware as High Energy. High Energy, yeah. Yeah, and he had his big uh, what's he called? MC Hammer Pants. Yeah, the, the proper big, the, like, yeah, Haram the, Pants. Yeah, yeah, Hammer Pants. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was kind of weird. So, like, see, oh, knowing he was Brett's brother, though, so it was like, oh, okay, like, I want to watch more of this guy. And slowly as the year went on, we started getting the storyline with uh, Jerry Lawler continually insulting the Hart family. Uh, so eventually we get the Survivor Series match, where it was supposed to be Jerry Lawler and the Knights. Knights, yeah. Versus... Um, not Ricky Knight, yeah, just not to be Ricky clear. Knight. Jerry not Lawler and his Knights. It weren't supposed to be Jerry Lawler, Ricky Knight, Zebra Kid and Grant Holt. No. It, no, it was going to be... Uh... Uh, I, mean, I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> that that is a dream match that we'll just never get to see. Do you know what I mean? Colt versus Hart. This time it's H words. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what we really that's versus, what we really missed out on. Versus the Hart family. Yeah. Uh, it didn't quite happen like that because uh, Jerry Lawler was accused of uh, just going yeah, his Twitter yeah. and wait for him to yeah, retweet. Yeah, like retweet it after a while, won't he? Yeah. Oh, you remember when I got pulled from a pay per view when I got accused of assaulting a thirteen year old girl? Um, now I think we should before we sort of carry on. I think we should say that this wasn't Owen Hart's first run in the WWF. It wasn't his first run because he, the um, the incident that led to his his death, was based on his original character in the World Wrestling Federation, the uh, the, the, the blue, blue blazer. blazer. Yeah. yeah, he was the blue blazer, pretty much as a jobber and yeah. uh, not much character to it. It was just a character there in between New Japan runs. Yes, um, he was a New Japan Junior Heavyweight Champion. It's one of, one of those it's weird things. Yeah, yeah that's uh, bizarre to think, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, um, this is where Owen Hart kind of came to prominence, where he was the only one eliminated on the Hart family team in that match, yeah. which led to the storyline where he would talk about he started talking about how like Brett was always overshadowing everybody. Uh, they make amends, they team up to go for the tag titles at Royal Rumble. Um, Brett gets hurt in the match and Owen sees this as Brett letting him down so he kicked the leg out of his leg yeah that's why he kicked out his leg out of his leg yeah um, great the best part about that promo as well like uh, it was the first time Owen really got to show something on a big stage and also the image of Brett being helped from the ring while that promo played on the screen in front of him while Owen's backstage like foaming at the, literally foaming at the mouth saying like Brett was always trying to overshadow me. Well, I've, I've had enough of it now, and it set up the WrestleMania match. But that image definitely sticks in my head of Brett being helped from the ring, and you see in the promo on the screen, so Brett can see it and hear every word Owen says, and it just set up this amazing storyline that really got kickstarted at WrestleMania 10 in the match we talked about a few weeks ago, which to me is still the greatest opener of WrestleMania history. Uh, Brett versus Owen. It's one of my favorite matches. Um, even better because I think it was a week or two after this, I went to my first ever live show. Oh, really? Sheffield Arena. Yeah. Um, the main event was Brett versus Owen. There you go. Uh, the finish was oh, they did the same like victory roll where Owen went like stopped the roll. Yeah. Uh, got a two. Brett kicked out. Instantly took his legs and locked in the sharpshooter for the win. Very good. And I got so excited by Brett winning, I puked in my friend's collector's cup. <laughs> True story. Who was on the collector's cup? I don't remember. Was it was it uh, Razor Ramon? It probably was. Yeah. It probably like Brett and Razor yeah. and yeah, but yeah, uh, 
theater, I started being sick, and I and the only thing around was the collector's cup. Oh my um, word! Yeah, the bit of merch I got from that show was a pair of Bret Hart sunglasses that my mum took off for me because we went on abroad to Sulu that year. It was my first foreign holiday, and I wore those Bret Hart sunglasses. Like this was a few months afterwards, and I was still wearing them every chance I got. And uh, I got conjunctivitis, and my mum blamed the sunglasses. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Purchases made for you by your mum that are wrestling-related are just so intriguing to me. (laughs) You remember the Brett sunglasses that gave you the conjunctivitis, the China Playboy, all these other things. I mean, the other one was when, in 98, when I wanted an Austin 316 shirt, and she wouldn't buy me one because it was too plain. But she let me have what had one where it was like had a full design in it, and it was the bad to the bone one. I don't know it. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. But I used to wear it for wrestling training. I'd cut the sleeves and stuff off it and added it on. Yeah, oh, I used right, to wear it for okay. wrestling training. Oh, fair enough. I probably will have seen you in it then. I yeah, guess, I, it doesn't back. fit me now. Back when you back when you were you know really in the business. Just, yeah, when I thought I was Samoa Joe. Not com- Yeah, not commenting on it like we do now. Yeah, when, when I was doing it. Well, I, I did do a podcast at the time, and I stopped doing it because yeah. I, I Company then went became business. involved. <laughs> Oh, no, oh, we can say that this week, can't we? Yeah, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't, doing we it. don't owe you any money. Way, what are you going to do about it, mate? Bring it on. Come on, Daryl, bring it on. Anyway, this doesn't seem like the appropriate <laughs> tone to take. Let's carry on. So, uh, yeah, the, so, yeah um, that led to um, SummerSlam was that year when it was well, King of the Ring. Oh, sure, yeah, King of the Ring. That. He won the yeah, King of the Ring. Owen wins King of the Ring. Uh, King of Hearts, of course. Yeah. The best part was Brett won it in 93. Owen won it in 94. Uh, that was his stake to challenge for the title at SummerSlam in another really great match where they had Anvil and Davy Boy in either corner. Yes, they did. And then, of course, new foundation for life, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got better than the Heart Foundation, really. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, the, the new foundation. Anything well, new is better. Well, what happened next was a thing that I hated when I was a kid, but now looking back on it, it's so good. Which was uh, it was Brett versus Bob Backlund which was a crazy match to happen even then. Well, wasn't there, right, before this, though, wasn't there the, um, there was a a dummy win. Owen Hart won the WWF Championship, but didn't, but did, but didn't. I don't remember that. There, so there was a, um, there was a lumberjack match where Owen initially won the match and was announced as the champion, but it was then ordered to continue due to interference. And you know, the funny thing is, until I read, until I was reading up here, I, I've seen this footage. I can't remember where from. I don't know what it's off off of. It'll be off of like some TV. But I've I definitely remember seeing the footage of Owen Hart winning the World Wrestling Federation Championship, and whatever I saw, obviously cut the bit off when they went. No, no, that's not happening. Yeah. The match is carrying on. But yeah, Owen was so popular. Obviously, he didn't win the steel cage match, which, by the way, um, back when it used to mean something, was a five star match. Yeah. So uh, it's it's really good. Yeah. Well, like, it's a classic Brett, cage as well, though, isn't it? The yeah. suplex is the one that everyone remembers as well. Yeah, and Brett tells the story really well in his book about how, like, how the boys said it was the best match they ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more about the fact that like he had to make sure it was meticulous when he did that spot because he wanted to make sure Owen was as safe as possible taking that bump. Uh-huh. So like they were talking up there, and he made sure it was timed perfectly. And he did everything he could to make sure he'd cradle his head properly to make sure he landed as safe as possible because yeah. ultimately he was looking after his little brother. Because mm-hmm. Owen's the youngest of the entire Hart family. Yeah, clan. the youngest of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, like you say, we go into Survivor Series, the Bret Hart against Bob Backlund title match. Yeah. So it's a submissions match. And they've each got someone in their corner. Owen is in Bob Backlund's corner. Yes, he is. And 
British Bulldog is in Brett's corner. Yes. Yeah, it was Bulldog because there's a moment in this match where um, Owen keeps trying to interfere. So Bulldog tries to chase him and Owen almost like trips him and he bangs his head on the steel steps and that's how he gets taken out of it. Right. So then while Brett's watching all this unfold, Bob Backen locks in this crossface chicken wing that no one can escape from. And he's just being tortured in the ring by this move. So Owen goes over to Martha Hart, Brett's mum. Helen Hart. Oh, Helen Hart, sorry. Not Martha Hart. Martha's Owen's wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, Goes over to... uh, It's because... Martha's out of my head now that we're not yeah, talking we, about the we game. Talked book, to, we we about. talked about it earlier on in the week, didn't we? Yeah. Um, Behind the curtain. Yeah, he goes up to the mum and says, look, Brett, Brett's in pain. You need to throw in the towel for him. And ultimately she does. And Brett loses the world title. And Owen, it's the thing where Owen like genuinely shows concern. And then the moment the towel hits, he, gra- well, he starts it... jumping up and down cheering. He gradually changes, doesn't he? He gradually yeah. changes. It goes from, like, he's supposed to be going from, Oh my god! I I know I'm supposed to be this guy, but mm. my brother's in real pain. Please, mom, do anything, whatever you can do. Way, yeah. <laughs> and just fully takes credit for Brett losing the title. Bob Backlund would lose the title two nights later in Madison Square Garden in seven seconds. Yes, he would. Yeah. And then Brett had a match with Diesel. That happened. That it... happened at the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, they had a match at Royal Rumble. They had a match yeah. at the Royal Rumble where Owen got involved again. And this match culminated, this whole feud culminated at WrestleMania 11. Oh, no, it didn't. No. It just ended at a random house show or TV. So while that stuff was happening, instead, Owen Hart started teaming with Yokozuna. Well, it was his mystery partner, wasn't it, against the Smoking Guns? Yeah. Yokozuna, of all people. Just, like, wasn't that, was that initially supposed to be a bit of another FU to Brett, I think? Or was it, like, because, like, I'm only looking at past perspective my instinct would be surely this is something to do with the fact that yokozuna beat brett in the you know the title that he was one of brett's rivals from before was that either ever even tied in or not really no he, he was involved with jim Cornette at the time and they were both Cornette guys fair enough uh, so yeah he had a really successful tag team with yokozuna and it was a really good team as well because it was that perfect combination of a big like powerful like big bloke and then the small technical speedy guy like, normally I'd see a babyface pairing, but actually they're really good heel team together. Yeah. Well, so, it works with someone like Owen, because Owen can be so sort of, could be so sort of irritating yeah. in that way that it's like, there's nothing worse than an irritating little squirt who's also got a big guy to back him up. So you can't really do much about it. This ultimately led to him once again teaming with David Boy Smith. Yes. Now, I think whatever you might think... David Boy Smith, to my understanding, just loved teaming with Owen Hart. Yeah. Just it got a kick out of Owen Hart in a very special way. <laughs> like, just peeing himself on. Like, we know, we've seen from clips how easily David Boy Smith could break character. Yeah. How easily Bulldog could. He fell on his, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so for someone who apparently was such a, like a legend of the rib, like <laughs> Owen would just be the perfect sort of combination. Yeah. But also, like, a, you know, a good team and also well they went on to feud further didn't they yeah so what w- they were teaming together but then the european title tournament happened and uh bulldog beats owen in the final in one of the lowest rated draws in history because it was from uh, hamburg germany yeah um and ultimately led to the attitude era 
But what it did lead to was the culmination of the feud with Brett, where they got into a shoving match and an argument and eventually had another match. And Brett comes down halfway through the match and says, we're family, we shouldn't be fighting. Uh, Owen Owen very tearfully hugs his brother and his brother-in-law, and we see the formation of the Heart Foundation. Yeah, the the new Heart Foundation. Yeah, so... Owen's big feud during this time was Stone Cold Steve Austin. He he was the guy who was prepping Austin for his main event run. Yeah. Because Owen was one of the best workers on the roster, so putting him in with Austin, he was the perfect foil for him. He was this sneaky little heel who Austin could work with. Like Especially after Austin had finished working with Brett, see, now you've got Owen to deal with. Uh, so this did lead to the incident at SummerSlam. Yes, it did, yeah. Where... Well, Owen was dropping the Intercontinental title to Austin. Uh, he gave him a like a piled a tombstone pile driver, but he sat into it rather yeah, than knelt into it. Out tombstone. Yeah, yeah, and uh, broke Austin's neck. Did he use that move a lot? He had used it occasionally, I think. Because right, I remember seeing. Obviously, I've seen the clip, and I was like, "Why is he using that move?" Like it was in the, general, it was more that Austin was a bit too low, hung down for it. Normally, to have him a bit higher up, but right. But he, no, okay, either way. Yeah. But yeah, he didn't protect him well enough. And Owen still took the pinfall, like the weakest pinfall ever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Owen loses the Intercontinental title here, and then we get a period. So the screw job happens. Yes. Well. I'd... And yeah, we get a period where they could have really pushed Owen to the moon, and just uh, apparently Owen was one of the ones who asked for his release after that happened and wasn't granted it. Yeah. Um. And they kind of didn't do much with him they tried to have him as a baby face and... well it's a strange set of circumstances because we watched if you remember a little while ago we watched Shawn michaels against ken shamrock yeah which was the next title match which was not good no but <laughs> d- but after or during at the end of that match owen hart returns out of nowhere and attacks Shawn michaels yeah and you would have thought the logical thing to do would have been well if they're um if they're keeping him build off of that make that the feud Instead, Shawn Michaels went on to face The Undertaker. Yeah. And Owen just didn't really do anything. But for he was the months. black heart, wasn't he? Yeah. The lone heart, the black heart. Woo! Not woo so much. But they never really did much. And it weren't until he eventually joined the nation. Oh, he had, he had, so he had a feud with uh, Triple H, which he was... Yeah, cause like, yeah, so he ended up somehow in this feud between him and Shawn Michaels, he ended up basically getting the lackey. Yeah. Probably because of the way he was viewed, I imagine. Yeah, and the lackey beat him every week. Yeah. So eventually he joined... So when DX become babyfaces after WrestleMania, uh, Owen joins the nation. And we get a long period of Owen teaming up with random members of the nation. Um, he does go because into Because enough feud- is enough and it's time for a change. But we do get his uh, mini feud with Ken Shamrock during this period. Which had the dungeon match. Yes, it did. The 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 um the lions den. Yeah, we had the lions den match, but then also and the dungeon. Well, all match right, well, okay, with, well, fair enough. Yeah, the, the uh, actual. With Dan Seven as the referee. Ah, yes, of course. In the uh, Hart Family dungeon. In the actual dungeon, yeah. Yeah, so he had that little feud, and then we go into him teaming with Jeff Jarrett, and this is like the last run before we get the Blue Blazer, um and. You could see that they had instant chemistry as a team, and they worked really well. And like Jeff Jarrett had just lost a hair versus hair mask match against X Pac, and came into this team. Uh, 
they won the tag titles. I seem to remember, but then lost. Yeah, them, they yeah. did. Yeah, they beat uh, beat Ken Shamrock and the Boss Man. So like following off of that Sham- Shamrock thing, they beat Shamrock and the Boss Man for it. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, ultimately their team like slows down, and I can't remember. Owen quits. Well, it, it basically Owen quits before that. Um, he quits, and then the Blue Blazer reappears. And, and we the have Blue things... Blazer could be anybody, but it's deliberately obvious that it's supposed to be Owen Hart. Yeah. Apart from when it's not him, because the Blue Blazer appears next to him, except it's a black man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... Coco Beware, dressed as the Blue Blazer. So the Blue Blazer thing was. It was an f- entertaining gimmick. And it was ultimately leading to him challenging for the Intercontinental title against the Godfather mm-hmm. at Over the Edge, which is where this takes the bad turn. Yes. Um, so now, I don't often take the take the step of um, recommending other podcasts, but there is um, a podcast I listened to, very, listened to very recently, which was only 50 minutes long, um, which was Owen Hart's final day. Which is post wrestling. So if you search for post wrestling Owen Hart, um, interviews with various people, including the people who some of the people who Owen spent most of the day with, the referee Jimmy Corderas, um, and there's little clips from other people as well, and clips from the show as well, which yeah. are, um, I think it gives a really sort of interesting insight as well into what occurs. So that's something that is definitely worth seeking out. I would say. So before we talk about Over the Edge. I just wanted to talk about some of the stuff that's in Brett's book and was in Dynamite Kid's book a little bit as well about Owen outside of the ring. Owen was continuously considering retire- retirement. Um, he'd worked as a volunteer fire firefighter. His brother, Bru- not Bruce, uh, Keith was a firefighter, I think it was. All right, okay. Was Keith? Uh, I can't remember. Which I imagine was. Bruce was in his mind. Yeah. Probably putting out fires in his own head all the time. Owen was definitely the one in the family who got into wrestling because that's what all the Hart family did. And he was much more of a family man. He loved spending time at home. You don't, you never hear stories about this, you know, him being like promiscuous on the road or any of that stuff. Well, he wasn't that guy. Well, there was that famous thing, wasn't there, that um, they wanted to, like during the Jarrett and Deborah thing, they wanted Owen to have revealed to be having an affair with Deborah, but he was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm married. Was, I'm not doing that. And it was all uh, everything he did was for his family, and that's what makes all this more heartbreaking. Um, so on the day of Over the Edge, it's proposed that he does a gimmick where abseiling to the ring was a thing that was doing been done a lot in the years previous. Like a Sting, did Sting it. was doing it all the time, Sting wasn't it? And Owen had done a similar thing once before. Yeah. Um, so the idea that was come up for him was that he would fall so far on the abseil but then just before he got to the ring he'd do a prat fall yes um what happened was the security catch wasn't put on properly the harness wasn't correctly put on and he fell from the arena ceiling they reckon around 70 feet yeah and landed in the ring um so nearly landed part of the part of the thing they talk about on that podcast as well that jimmy coderas felt something go past his head Mm thought some fan had thrown something it turned out basically it was nearly he was nearly flattened yeah essentially in the situation as well so um to go to the mob because we can't give lots of insight that isn't already out there no so like it's like, more on our personal you, if, experience there's, there's plenty it. you can sort of understand and like say post wrestling did a really great piece on it this week 
um, in terms of Owens. Uh, they go into a lot of technical detail as well in terms yeah. of the harness and other things like that, which was a lot more insight than they provide. But uh, this is where I want to sort of come in because I, I wasn't a wrestling fan at this time. And I was in primary school, which should make you feel nice and old. And um, I, uh, although I think you would have been you're, primary school as well. No, no, <laughs> I, I was in secondary school. Uh, I remember oh. very clearly. Um, the point is, uh, but um, I was in primary school at the time. And I remember uh, some kids coming in the next day and they were like, oh my God, did you see what happened? And it was like, yeah, Owen Hart died. And I was like, oh my God, a wrestler died. Like I couldn't, I, obviously I knew of wrestling. Mm. I didn't know wrestling, but I knew of it. I was like, I knew that wasn't something that happened. So I was like, that was a big deal, like on that Monday morning following. So, yeah, that was, um, that was, I mean, it wasn't just wrestling news. Obviously, it was mainstream news. It was something that sort of really sort of permeated into uh, the society's conscious, consciousness. Yeah. I think. So what I used to do was I used to get up early whenever there was a pay-per-view. And so I'd wake up at like 5 a.m., and put the video, like get the video that was probably just finishing recording yeah. and just rewind it and start watching stuff yeah. and try and watch as much as I could before I had to go to school. And seeing all the Owen Hart stuff like unfold that morning, just being sat there, just like, I remember it so vividly. It's horrible. Uh, just watching all that stuff unfold and just like, I, I remember so clearly seeing like when Jim Ross like announces that Owen's died and it's just absolutely horrible and i remember going to school like, like i remember turning the video off after watching brett versus uh, no sorry uh, watching austin versus undertaker and undertaker wins the title and all that and turning the video off and it was bbc news and bbc news were talking about it yeah and then i went into school and i remember so clear i remember like the exact moment i was walking through and i was completely in a daze where i was just like can't believe this has happened and one of my friends came up to me and was like oh have you heard I'm like, I, I watched it last night and they started talking about oh apparently you could see it on the thing like no you, you can't like this, it wasn't on the show that was really an age where these sort of things would go around wouldn't they yeah. like urban legends were just created by kids just lying and it was just that all day like i remember like multiple moments where people come up to me like because it was during a time where everyone in my class seemed to watch it and they were all called because they knew that i would get up early and they'd come and ask me about it and like oh did you see it and stuff like well, no you don't see it and it's just really horrible yeah. um and then the next bit i remember is we watched the owen hart tribute show so we recorded so Raw wasn't on Monday nights over here. It was on Fridays. Yes, so, of course, yeah. Uh, it was the end of the week, and I didn't watch it as it was. Oh, no, did I? Because the thing, my mum used to go out on Friday nights, which is how I used to get control of TV and just watch wrestling all night. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember my mum sitting and watching this with me because the thing that broke me on this episode was Mark Henry. Oh, yeah. And... Like I remember being sat me and my mum crying watching Mark Henry talking about Owen Hart. Wow. Um, because my mum like really liked the Hart family too and everything. She watched wrestling with us whenever like if we had it on TV, she'd sit and watch it with us. And she she loves Bret Hart and stuff like that as well. Um, and yeah, I really remember being sat there watching. I can't remember whether I watched it as it was on TV or we watched it the next day, but I remember sat watching it with my mum that tribute show, and it still gets me now. I can't go back and watch that episode because mm. it upsets me so much. Um, yeah, I, I just remember all that stuff really vividly because I think as well, like, I didn't, 
I've not really had to deal with like family deaths or anything until like the last few years. I I I, I was quite lucky that like I didn't ha- like my granddad died before I was born. But apart from that, like I, I only lost two of my grandparents five years ago and then one recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have to deal with death at all when yeah. I was young. Like, so this was like the first big time I really remember. Like, even more like because it, it was after like I remember when Diana died. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, but I remember that. Just I, rem- I remember my mum being in bed, and I used to get up in the morning, take a pound out of a purse, and go and buy the newspaper. Yeah, and I remember it being all over and stuff. And I remember, back and I remember being her. nine years old, and not completely understanding what the deal with it was, and just being annoyed that like the kids' programs weren't on telly yeah. or whatever, not like, really understanding the magnitude of what had happened. I, you know? I understood some of the, some of the magnitude, but that didn't hit me even close to what Owen Hart did because yeah. I'd watched Owen Hart for years and. Like even now, the royal family doesn't mean that much to me. I'm not that mm. type of person. I'm not very sentimental about those type of things. But with pro wrestling, I'd been watching since I was six years old, and like especially a member of the Hart family, this happening to it was just completely heartbreaking for me as a kid. And that's probably why I remember everything so vividly to do with that era. Um, I still have, and it's probably in the uh, cupboards that are covered up in the corner of this room. I still have in a like it's in a special thing the owen hart tribute magazine they released right i still have a copy of it and it's the it's still in really great condition because i read it i read look for it once and then i've put it in this folder and i've kept it mm-hmm. because it's something that really means something to me because owen hart's death hit me so hard and it's just it's it, genuinely a heartbreaking story and i think the legacy of it since now we're at the 20 year mark we're talking about it but I think Owen Hart doesn't get enough praise because WWE don't really have the chance to do anything because, I, and I completely understand Martha's feelings to do with what happened and why she wouldn't want that involvement. But at the same time, I'd love to be able to see them like really honor him. That's the only part this that is the, me This about is it. the tricky thing is like, you know, the, the, the people who have the access to, to tribute to, uh, to make tributes to Owen Hart in the proper way are the WWE. And yet, I totally get why Martha Hart wouldn't want to be involved with them ever again. Yeah. Whatsoever. So it's it's a it's a horrible sort of catch twenty two situation where they hold the cards, but she doesn't necessarily want them to deal. You know. Yeah. So I, I absolutely get her point from it, and um, I mean, I mean, some of the things that have obviously happened from the fallout of it, the fallout of the Hart family, and just, yeah. A family that already, you know, had so much happen with them, happen to them, caused by themselves, mm-hmm. caused by other factors, and then this was just such a horrific tragedy. But the the further tragedy on top of it was the way that it sort of impacted people in that family, and the way they impacted each other. So, just to go back to, we did an episode a long time ago about some of our favorite matches. And you and Daryl made a very big point, and rightly so in some case, that I picked a match that featured um, Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. But the meaning of that match as well, because it was Brett's first match back in that arena, and it was him, it was Brett having this really great technical match. Like, yeah, it's against him, and it's crap, but that's why that meant so much to me, because the whole thing of Owen's death meant so much to me, and what Brett did in WCW after that, where they had that period where they kind of let Brett do Brett. And he was, he, it was almost kind of like Brett's way of honoring him was to be Brett again, 
until they messed it up at, at Starcade '99 and had him join the NWO, and then he got but he got injured and all that stuff, and had that sad end to his career. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here. Yeah, what I was about you're to... talking about the fact that that that, that match meant something because it, yeah. it was something it represented sort of a side of Brett that you recognised through his sort of feud and maybe relationship yeah. with Owen. And so, yeah, here's the thing I was going to say as well. You mentioned at the beginning about how the first episode of World of Sport that was featured on the Wrestling Channel was Owen Hart. Yeah. Thanks to the Wrestling Channel, I got to see a lot of those World of Sport matches. And I went back and watched stuff of, like, especially I remember we did a seminar at the 1PW Academy with uh, Marty Jones. Yes. And his really famous match he had, he had this amazing match with Owen Hart. Um, Owen was just such a fantastic wrestler and far in front... Like, we're, we're going to be doing a few more shows throughout the year on Jushin from the Liger. Yep. Like, Liger was always considered one of these people. Owen Hart was very much in that same bracket of someone who was way ahead of their time. Like, if someone like Owen Hart was around today, he'd be the biggest star. Like It, it, it is interesting to look back at like the people like Owen Hart, the, the sort of the people who would be realistically let's be honest um you know some of the biggest stars here today and actually it was often debated at the time you know people people have looked back and some people have said oh and hart was the best and he never got the respect he deserved and then other people said well no he didn't have the star power he didn't have the um but it's definitely interesting looking at it now you look at some of the champions of the most recent years and there's there's no question in my mind that we're owing hart um that was that Owen around today, he would definitely have been a world champion. And probably a very successful one, I would say. They could have easily done the thing with... Like, they could have held off on Diesel for a little longer and had Owen win the title. Or they could have had Owen be the one beat him to then lose to Diesel. I think it's a difficult one because... That, yes, I, I think that could. was the period where they could have done it. Like, yes. when he was feuding with Brett, they could have actually pulled the trigger for a little... for a brief run with him. And they definitely could have, and I think I can see the argument for why they would have, and I can also understand why they didn't, in the sense of what, like, I don't know, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but I, I can see why they didn't in yeah. the, the, their sort of model, if you like. You could definitely have put Owen Hart in the Bob Backlund role there very easily, yeah. but then we wouldn't have got to see the, the, the Owen Hart um, yeah. mid-match turn, so that would be <laughs> something that we would genuinely miss out on. Um I think it's my main sort of interaction with Owen Hart was through reading Mick Foley's book um, and him talking about Owen Hart. And that that was where I really got a bit of a sense of him because I didn't know, obviously I wasn't watching at the time, so I didn't know a great deal about him. But um, it sounds like just a fascinating guy to be around, a guy to be at the backstage in that he doesn't, because you talked about the fact that he didn't necessarily love wrestling in the set because like, um, one of the things that McFoley and I do give McFoley a lot of credit for this at particular time, saying that um, oh, loads of people on the Raw tribute said, oh, Owen loved wrestling, oh, his family were the business, and uh, McFoley thinking actually that wasn't really true. His family were what he loved, and he loved his family, and he wrestling was just a well, not so much just a job to him, but wrestling was something he was good at and was a job. Um, but I think it's maybe that element of it that allowed him to not take the outside of the ring so seriously and allowed him to pull all sorts of pranks and yeah. ribs on people, including a folly re- talks about one where <laughs> he phones up the, the pyro guy and he says, uh, oh yeah, I, I don't give a damn when the pyro is supposed to go off. I'm the goddamn promoter. I'm going to 
I want the pyro to hit wherever it was. Basically, goes this guy into a fight. He goes, "Don't worry, you're gonna, you can come and find me. I'm gonna smash you with my big brass belt buckle." And oh yeah, I'm just coming here so I can ride you while I wear my cowboy hat. And apparently, Mick Foley turns around, and there's this bloke of this exact description standing behind Owen Hart. He's a promoter for the arena, having no idea what's going on because Owen's trying to set up a fight between him and the pyro guy. And so then there's um my my favorite story i don't know if you're going to get onto this is one brett tells uh, in his hall of fame speech i think it is uh-huh. which is where uh one of Stu hart's old friends was in a hotel at the same time as Stu. yeah and so Stu gets back to his room and at uh, fit this guy rings up and it starts going to him you know uh fit if if we'd have thought i'd have taken you and Stu's there getting angry and angry and angry <laughs> why didn't you test me when we were, we were young why didn't you test me like having to go and eventually just goes really quiet and then just slowly puts the phone down and uh, still looks up at Brett and goes, that was Owen. He got me. <laughs> <laughs> but like just on that sort of similar note, another one that Foley tells and I bet, I bet he's not super happy about it even now, <laughs> even though he refers to it as funny. But I, I, I particularly find it funny because clearly he had an idea what wound certain people up. And this one, put it this way, he phones up Mick Foley as the, as the hotel manager and goes, yeah, we didn't charge you enough for your room. We're going to have to charge you more. <laughs> now, clearly, that's someone who knows what winds up Mick Foley, knows that Mick Foley is a frugal man and goes, right, this will really, really wind him up. I'm going to tell him he needs to pay us some more money. Phones him up, says, you need to charge you more money. Oh, you're a fake wrestler, aren't you? I used to box. I bet I could fight you. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. Sorry about it. But we're still going to have to charge you more, f- more for the room. And then apparently Mick Foley goes down to the uh, the reception and Owen Hart stood at the reception going, oh, what's wrong? You look really upset. <laughs> so here's another one. I've just done a quick search and instantly came up with this story that I don't think I'd read before. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ahmed Johnson got a phone call saying he was going to be invited to a already famous TV funny. show. I said that's already funny. So Ahmed bought Ahmed a fancy suit and everything. Um, he's waiting at the arena in his fancy suit ready to go to his TV show and Owen walks up to him and says, shouldn't your limo be here? And Ahmed, knowing that he hadn't told anyone about the phone call, <laughs> got annoyed because he knew that Owen had got him. <laughs> Excellent. That is absolutely brilliant. That moment of time, it just, especially for something like that where you just, they must have realised that they got got, like you said about the Stu Hart one and... Uh, is yeah. is the one very quickly um edge had a match with him uh-huh. and every now and then he would hit edge with something soft but edge would have to sell it even though he had no idea what it was at one point the ref reprimands owen and while he lifts his arms in protest a napkin falls from under his armpit <laughs> edge had been selling a napkin throughout the entire match apparently <laughs> <laughs> oh, <brilliant>. i <laughs> know the thing I, I read about it was apparently he would he would have deliberately bad matches yeah, like just to just to rip people do really <laughs> ridiculous things in the ring, and apparently it just used to crease people up. <laughs> Including, like we said, uh, David Boyceford apparently was a prime victim for this. It <laughs> is tag matches just being ridiculous. I think, like I say, I think a lot of that comes from this, you know, this not dislike of wrestling, but just this understanding that it was it wasn't life or you know, Well, oh God, what a horrible phrase to say. But you, you know what I mean? He didn't view it as life or death. He viewed it as something to be done as a job, but also that he wanted to get as much enjoyment out of as he could. And that allowed him to have this sort of sense of humor and how I tragic. Think comparing to Brett, 
with that where well like, like the criticism of Brett, right the criticism of brett is that he always took it way too serious like oh he might not have had the star power that brett did but he had the technical ability that brett did and the difference is brett took himself very seriously and owen didn't he was happy to play the fool and all this stuff and it's the thing that you watch all these interviews and nearly every wrestler in the world there's always at least one story about them mm. every every person you like they've done something bad in the past owen hart hasn't got that i think that's what makes it maybe even more tragic is that the the legacy of owen hart can be seen to be this horrible tragedy that happened to a man who really like obviously you know no one deserves any of this sort of but a man who literally didn't even seem to have that sort of dark side that so many yeah. wrestlers seem to and it just maybe makes it that little bit more upsetting really yeah um, so to remember him this week go watch a bunch of Owen Hart matches yeah match, do it watch it the watch the summer like Dan will tell you that the Wrestlemania 10 match is a great match and he's right but watch the SummerSlam cage match that is what I it really enjoy it's it like brilliant fantastic great and still enjoyable now like not not one of these matches that you find it hard to go back to. It's, it's still just as I find that with any Brett and Owen match, like I, they've their matches are really timeless. They're so good together. Um, even watch King of the Ring '94. Yeah, Owen winning the King of the Ring is brilliant. He's so good at what he does in that era. And don't forget, he was a two-time Slammy winner as well. So. Yeah, two times when he used to come to the ring with the Slammies. Oh, <laughs> two-time Slammy winner. Just don't forget, absolutely brilliant, mm-hmm. and he is still I, I still like we wonder those what ifs and all that stuff but i don't think owen had much long left long left in the business i think he would have gone home and had. A i mean the, life the and, sad thing is that he um uh, his family had had a house built hadn't they yeah and they were i don't know if they just moved in or if they were set to move in mm. around the time of over the edge and you know obviously that was going to be what he was going to devote his life to with his family and i think that's part of what the Owen Hart Foundation that Martha set up is about, um, aiding struggling families financially. And family was obviously clearly a big thing for him, as so many people have sort of testified. And uh, I just hope that sort of you know his family can, um, you know, even now obviously with the pain of what's happened, I hope his family are uh, sort of carrying that legacy on in the way that they um, the way that they see fit, and I hope they're and able to continue to do so. Yeah. And so long as he's still remembered fondly by the people who, you know, enjoyed his work, who watched him at the time, then maybe that's the best tribute that we can sort of hope for to Owen Hart. Yeah. Look at us being all grown up and poignant, <laughs> eh? Right. Um, that's the end of the Royal Gumble for this week. So don't forget to go to facebook.com slash Royal Gumble or you can go to royalgumble.co.uk to find our latest episodes. You can get in touch with us on twitter.com slash Royal Gumble pod or on the Facebook page. Um, and that is it. I'll say I'll say goodbye, Daryl. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm.